0: So we have a new assassination in Russia, Daria Dugina. The car she was driving exploded and she died on the spot.
1: Last time we had an assassination in or near Moscow was in 2015 when Boris Nemtsov was murdered right in front of the Kremlin. Getting strong FSB vibes in this case too, <laughs> I think, yes. Yes, in the shadow of the Kremlin where the ones useful get discarded and the killers get awarded. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and hello to our wonderful Dubie friends.
0: Hey, Sandra. Welcome back to Dubious, everyone.
1: This is our first official mini episode, guys. We decided to introduce <laughs> the mini episodes as bonus episodes in addition to our free weekly episodes that are set in stone, basically. You know, just for certain subjects or issues that are hot and that we want to talk about as soon as possible because we know you would probably love the idea and you'd find the subjects we pick interesting, too. And since we love you guys... Here we are with our mini dubisode number 1. Yes,
0: and that's the case now. This car bomb assassination near Moscow It's an unexpected and uh, rather shocking development.
1: It is, isn't it? So here we go. Daria Dugina, daughter of Putin's ally, Aleksandr Dugin, was killed on August 20, 2022, as she was driving on a road west of Moscow, very close to the capital, actually, but far enough that the blast would not impact other people. On the news, they say highway, but it's really a bigger road, like two lanes going in opposite directions, and there are houses on each side of the road. So far we know, the explosion happened at night, again, when there are not too many pedestrians or vehicles driving around.
0: So, somebody didn't want any collateral victims. It also sounds like this was a professional job, an expert (laughs) hit. The car blew up, Daria is dead on the spot. No other victims.
1: Exactly. Surgical precision. This was not done by an amateur. And before we get to who Daria's father is and what the theories about who's done it are, let me just point out another thing. Whoever did this wanted the blast to be filmed. That's why they chose the timing of the blast to happen on a road that's not busy. It's not too close to the center of Moscow, but there are still homes and structures around so that when the car explodes, someone might be there to film the aftermath. Somebody will hear and, you know, people have phones nowadays. So this was meant to be a breaking news story, not only with words, but visually, right? Right. And that's how the footage of the
0: car bombing and the aftermath of the explosion are now plastered all over media and etched into our brains. Uh, FSB vibes again, yes.
1: (laughs) Yes, we'll get to that for sure. So to recap so far, the Russians have opened a murder investigation into the death of Daria. She was just 29 years old after her Toyota Land Cruiser exploded on a road 20 miles west of Moscow and burst into flames, scattering pieces all over the pavement. And according to Tass, when Dugina turned onto the mozaiskoye road near the village of Bolshev Yazemi, there was an explosion and the car caught fire immediately.
0: As cited by Tass, a witness named Krasnov said, quote, the flames completely engulfed it. She lost control because she was driving at high speed and flew to the opposite side of the road. In the meantime, forensic experts, investigators, and experts in explosive engineering are inspecting the scene and they have concluded that approximately 400 grams of TNT were used to cause the car explosion.
1: Now, Neil, tell us who Daria's father was and do we think it was him who was meant to be driving the car? Was he the target?
0: It's hard to say, unclear, but Given how professionally the assassination was done, it's entirely possible that Daria herself was the target. It doesn't really matter, actually.
1: Yeah, I have my own theory pointing in that direction, too. But at the end of the day, as you said, you know, it's irrelevant if the target was her or her father because the message is clear enough. And after we'll analyze all the theories and take into consideration what we know so far, as well as the geopolitical situation in the region at the moment, We'll see that this unfortunate event serves only one person's interests, and that person is Putin.
0: (laughs) The real-life Michael Corleone, as we like to call him.
1: Okay, now let's talk about Daria's father, and then we'll discuss Daria as well. She's an interesting character, was. Rest in peace. We have a saying in Romania, the splinter doesn't jump far from the tree.
0: (laughs) It's the same thing in the U.S., except, uh, well, we don't have splinters jumping from the tree. It's apples. (laughs) The apple doesn't fall far from the tree here. So Daria's father is Alexander Dugan, a right-wing extremist and ultra-nationalist. He's the guy who inspired and advised Putin to invade Ukraine. He basically helped lay the ideological foundation for Putin's invasion. You know, the attack that injected uh, almost irreparable security concerns for the regions and the rest of the world, too.
1: Yes, not to mention what can only be described as almost a genocide. It's not as much in the news anymore, but I think we all remember the Bucha massacre, Borodyanka, the maternities, Russians' bombs, the children's hospitals, and the schools, all civilian targets, plus the rapes, tortures, and horrific things they've done to Ukrainian civilians. All of them were crimes and crimes against humanity. You know, we made a few episodes about that. In fact, we have a lot of content about Putin and his private life, too. If you guys are as interested in him as we are, after this mini episode, feel free to scroll through our previous episodes. He's evil, but fascinating. I swear, he's such a villain.
0: Yeah, and among other things, uh, villains and assassinations are uh, this kind of our thing. That's what we talk about, so here at Dubious HQ.
1: What HQ? I'm recording in a room that warms up like a sauna in the summer and is cold as Antarctica in the winter, and you're recording from your closet. On a beanbag, yes. (laughs) On a
0: beanbag. So, anyways, back to reality. Daria's father, he's also an author, TV presenter, and he's been called Putin's brain and a spiritual guide to Putin as well. As if Putin has a spiritual side, I suppose. (laughs) Alexander Dugan is also a philosopher with roots in the Orthodox Church.
1: Of course, he is. All these right-wing extremists here in the U.S. and Russia are hand-in-hand with organized religion, and in Russia, the Orthodox Church is functioning like a mob syndicate almost. It's it's a well-known fact.
0: Well, I mean, the televangelists in the U.S. do the same things. <laughs> but wait, yeah, we're not done with Mr. Dugan. He's also, of course, a strategist, a political analyst, and he invented... The concept of eurasianism which is i mean it's the new fash let's be honest this <laughs> the is the, new yes did you <laughs> the just new new, did yes you
1: just, yeah, so what neil means is like a new <laughs> flavor of fascism yes so eurasianism is a political movement in russia and it claims that the russian civilization does not belong in the european or asian categories but instead it belongs to the geopolitical concept of Eurasia, therefore making Russia a standalone civilization, better than all other civilizations.
0: I mean, blood and soil. Where have I heard this before? <laughs> yes. Uh, Dugin also served as an advisor to the state Duma speaker, Gennady Selesnyov. And the leading member of the ruling United Russia Party, Sergei Naryshkin.
1: Yes, he was the head of the Department of Sociology of International Relations at Moscow State University from 2009 to 2014. But he lost that position due to backlash over comments regarding clashes in Ukraine.
0: Yeah, in 2014, he said that everyone in charge or in positions of power in Ukraine, quote, should be killed, killed, killed. And Russia should annex as much as it can of Ukraine, no discussion.
1: And of course, back then, to save face with the West, Putin demoted him, but Alexander Dugin always remained close to the Kremlin and close to Putin. He's known in Russia as the architect of Putin's invasion in Ukraine you know, and a very, very close, you know, friend and advisor. Yeah, I think the best way our dupy friends can make sense of him is to think of him as a Russian Alex Jones or better yet, Russian Steve Bannon. So Alexander Dugin is to put in what Bannon is to Trump, kind of. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably pretty close. Now, let's talk a bit about Daria and then we'll get into the three theories we have about, well, who did it? Because this is a who's done it episode, right?
0: (laughs) So Daria was born in 1992 and studied philosophy at Moscow State University, and in March of 2022, the U.S. Treasury Department's Office of Foreign Assets Control sanctioned her for a contribution to an article on the United World International website suggesting that Ukraine would, quote, perish if it is admitted to NATO. Uh, Dugina was the United World International's chief editor at the time.
1: Yeah, and she claimed in a recent interview with the Russian news channel 1RNK that the atrocities that happened during the Russian occupation of the Ukrainian town of Bucha were American propaganda, chosen because of its phonological similarity to butcher, a word she connects with U.S. President Joe Biden calling Putin a butcher on March twenty-nine. So, Bucha, butcher in her head. That's why they did that, yeah.
0: That's a pretty simple analogy. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of low effort, don't you think? Yes. yes in any case, she's not very nice and uh, not very anchored in reality either. You know, like, like Sandra said, Alex Jones type spreading kind of disinformation and Kremlin propaganda just like her father does. Anyways, I guess it's... Not nice to speak ill of the dead, but uh, these people are who they are.
1: Yes, exactly. And now let's analyze our theories about who's behind this hit. And I suggest we all keep one thing, one question in mind. Who stands to win from Daria's death? On the face,
0: without looking at all of this other stuff that we know about Putin, it seems that the Ukrainians might stand to gain something, or at least looks like they had enough reasons to want these people did. But eh, I don't know. I don't really buy it.
1: <laughs> exactly. Me neither. On the face of it, yes, it might seem that the Ukrainians might have something to do with the bombing. But as it is the case with everything connected to Putin, nothing is as it looks. Bear with me. Vladimir Putin had Anatoly Sobchek, his former boss in the St. Petersburg City Hall, and close friend and ally murdered, poisoned with Novichok.
0: So. A doorknob poisoning. Very KGB. Yes. Uh,
1: sorry, FSB, as they call it now.
0: But in any case, it's very Putin. who is uh, He's a KGB man uh, from the old days. Just uh, a <laughs> company man through and through.
1: Yes, we discussed this case in our premium episodes, uh, Putin's rise to power part one and two, where we also discussed his time in his Germany with the Stasi and more relevant to the Daria assassination. We also talked about the Moscow apartment bombings when Putin's FSB planted explosive in the basements of the apartment buildings, killing hundreds of innocent Russians, men, women, and children in their sleep. All of it so that he could be able to start the war with Chechnya and dupe the West into believing he's 100% into joining them in the war against terror.
0: Well, it worked, And the Moscow theater hostage situation slash massacre, where he had the FSB gas people as well, again, Russian people, his people, yeah. Uh, yes, that's uh, all in those premium episodes we did.
1: Yes, and there are so many premium episodes also about not Putin, all interesting. So if you want to get that exclusive content, guys, please go to dubspot.com and become a patron or just click on the become a patron link right here in the episode notes. But yes, Putin has a track record of assassinations. Let's not forget Boris Nemtsov, Anna Politkovskaya, Litvinenko, and the list is endless, really. So now that we explained what Putin has done to Russian citizens before to consolidate his power and macho image with the Russian people who, you know, lacking free press to inform them of what was really going on, saw him as a savior and a strong, fierce leader after he invaded Chechnya. So now let's see. Is Ukraine behind this? Would Zelensky want to increase Putin's wrath and frustration and cause him to inflict even more horrific attacks on Ukrainian civilians? I mean, I don't see any reason to. No, Ukraine is
0: in this war anyway. It's not like this is going to affect the outcome of it. And they said in response to these accusations... That they're not a terrorist state.
1: Exactly. And I tend to believe them because there is nothing for them to gain except more horrific things done to their population. Escalation is the only thing that they would quote unquote gain. So theory one, Ukraine did it, doesn't really hold water. It's nonsensical and quite outrageous. It's exactly what Ukraine would avoid, I think, at all costs, because as we said, What would they gain other than more casualties and war crimes committed against Ukrainian citizens? Nothing.
0: So the second theory, other Russian insiders did this, a group or maybe some sort of political faction within the Russian government to destabilize Putin and cause unrest. So what do you think about that?
1: Well... That's the thing. History teaches us that the Russian people, when faced with any kind of attack, they stick together, they come together as one and support their dear leader, as they're all brainwashed by state media controlled in its entirety by the Kremlin. And since the polls show that Putin's approval rate skyrocketed to 80% after he invaded Ukraine... If an inside faction would have planned this, I mean, they live in a warped reality as there is zero chance that this will cause civil unrest. I don't see how. No.
0: So it makes no sense that an inside group did this either. I agree. I mean, what do they have to gain? You know, Putin's got his thumb on the FSB's pulse all the time. So they would double his security detail. There would be a thorough investigation. Uh, They would catch them. And then they'd be executed.
1: Yes, and if we assume an inside Russian opposition faction has the power, the resources, and the expert know-how to pull this off, we must assume that their end goal would be to assassinate Putin himself, right? So why show their hand in advance with this really not-so-consequential, in a sense, murder? Why not plan things and wait for the right moment to target their actual villain, Putin himself? Yes, you
0: don't play at a revolution. You do it or not. And, exactly. You know, so theory two, uh, inside group, nah, not really. Uh, there's a lot of risk in uh, starting it this way, and I don't see anything to gain by this method.
1: Me neither. So we are left with our third theory, which is that Putin himself got his FSB boys to get rid of Alexander Tugin Because he's done this in the past and it worked well. It's a smart move. That's how he sees it. He uses people like he used Sobchek and then he discards them, working every angle he can to consolidate his grip on power and justify his actions. But in this case, they probably got the daughter instead, unless he's really evil but smart and realized that getting rid of her would make her father, his right-hand man, a hero in a way.
0: Maybe. So what exactly does Putin stand to gain from this
1: theory? Lots of things, I think. One, re-energizing popular support even more for his continued invasion of Ukraine. Two, a pretext to escalate and cause even more horrific tragedies in Ukraine. Three, also a pretext to justify those war crimes and attacks as being payback or a response to this assassination to his people and to the Western leaders like United Nations and so on. Four... He's creating a martyr, a new symbol to galvanize the troops and push this invasion forward. Five, an opportunity for Putin to make some strong worded statements, to come out as powerful, in control, strong leader who now has to double down on killing Ukrainians simply to keep his own people safe, you know, like we're defending ourselves. And six, A great opportunity to use the grieving father, Alexander Dugin, the architect of the war in Ukraine, as a megaphone for his propaganda serving his political goals.
0: Well, I think everything right now, and all the information that we have available in the West at the moment of this recording, theory number three makes the most sense.
1: Yes, you know, I think this might be all Putin. I mean, if it fits, it fits. (laughs) (laughs) And let's be honest, even if the Russian investigation reaches a different conclusion, we all know we can't trust it as the Russian investigators will only reach whatever result Putin wants them to reach. <laughs> yeah, and
0: really, I mean, at the end of all this, Sandra mentioned Sobchak before, and I got to think, that's that should be in the back of any person's mind who thinks they are on his side in anything they do or say, mm-hmm. that if you have any sort of media presence any sort of international notoriety you are potentially a victim that serves some pr purpose for putin's benefit i mean anatoly sobchak to sort of recap our premium episode for you guys that haven't heard it yet was not just a mayor that gave putin a job this was his law school mentor i'm talking Mm -hmm. about a 30-year friend of his family that saved him when the party fell apart And he had to come back penniless from Dresden. With
1: just a washing machine, that's all he brought back.
0: (laughs) A used washing machine. His wife and his kids land on Anatoly Sobchak's doorstep. And Anatoly Sobchak not only took care of him, but gave him a good job. Mm -hmm. And as soon as he was too loud, well, Igor and Sergey with the gold chains and the tracksuits had to pay (laughs) Sobchak a visit. And that is the end of the road. So no matter how much you think you were friends with Vladimir Putin...
1: There is no loyalty. No. Mm -mm, No. And he likes to tie up loose ends. And also, he will kill people, I think, just for personal gain, even if they've done nothing wrong.
0: Real life Michael Corleone. I agree. So, what do we got for your dubimeter on this one? One to ten for blowing up uh, random people in a... Well, not so random, but blowing up people in a car.
1: (laughs) Yes. Um... 9.5 9.5 if not a 10. I mean, this is an assassination that might have missed its real target. We don't know. But nevertheless, we'll serve the same purpose, maybe even better than if Alexander himself had been murdered. And the precision of that car bomb, the precision of timing, location, lack of collateral victims, but still you have people to film the explosion, very dubious and screams FSB. What do you think? Well, there's a bright side. Uh, we just published in our
0: last premium episode a story about Salman Rushdie, who was also almost assassinated, but it seems Mm -hmm. Salman Rushdie, who's a nice guy and a good guy, and uh, we like him very much, is going to live, and uh, so not all assassinations go well, and uh, at least in the last couple of weeks, uh, well, we're one for one, I suppose. So, 9.5 or 10, tell us what you think, everybody. We are at Dubious Pod on all of your social media platforms.
1: Well, this is all for our very first mini-Dubisode, guys. Please don't forget to go to dubiouspod.com and become patrons to get our exclusive premium episodes if you want more of us. And thank you for listening.
0: See you guys next time.